Chapter Four of Book One of The Well at World's End by William Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four, Ralph Rideth the Downs. As for Ralph, he rode on with a merry heart, and presently came to an end of the plain country, and the great downs rose up before him, with a white road running up to the top of them. Just before the slopes began to rise was a little thorp beside a stream, and thereby a fair church and a little house of canons. So Ralph rode toward the church to see if therein were an altar of St. Nicholas, who was his good lord and patron, that he might ask of him a blessing on his journey. But as he came up to the churchyard gate, he saw a great black horse tied there too as if abiding someone, and as he lighted down from his saddle he saw a man coming hastily from out the church door, and striding swiftly toward the said gate. He was a big man, and armed, for he had a bright steel sallet on his head, which covered his face all save the end of his chin, and plates he had on his legs and arms. He wore a green coat over his armour, and thereon was wrought in gold an image of a tree leafless. He had a little steel axe about his neck, and a great sword hung by his side. Ralph stood looking on him with his hand on the latch of the gate, but when the man came there too, he tore it open roughly and shoved through at once, driving Ralph back, so that he well nigh overset him, and so sprang to his horse and swung himself into the saddle, just as Ralph steadied himself and ruffled up to him, half drawing his sword from the scabbard the while. But the man-at-arms cried out, Put it back, put it back, if thou must needs deal with every man that shoveth thee in his haste, thy life is like to be but short. He was settling himself in his saddle as he spoke, and now he shook his rein and rode off speedily toward the hill-road, but when he was so far off that Ralph might but see his face but as a piece of reddish colour, he reined up for a moment of time, and turning round in his saddle lifted up his sallet and left his face bare, and cried out as if to Ralph, The first time! and then let the headpiece fall again, and set spurs to his horse and galloped away. Ralph stood looking at him as he got smaller on the long white road, and wondered what this might mean and how the unknown man should know him, if he did know him. But presently he let his wonder run off him, and went his ways into the church, wherein he found his good lord and friend St. Nicholas, and so said a paternoster before his altar, and besought his help, and made his offering, and then departed and gat to horse again, and rode softly the way to the downs, for the day was hot. The way was steep and winding, with a hollow cup of the hills below it, and above it a bent so steep that Ralph could see but a few yards of it on his left hand. But when he came to the hill's brow, and could look down on the said bent, he saw strange figures on the face thereof, done by cutting away the turf, so that the chalk might show clear. A tree with leaves was done on that hillside, and on either hand of it a beast like a bear, ramping up against the tree, and these signs were very ancient. This hillside carving could not be seen from the thorp beneath, which was called Netherton, because the bent looked eastward down into the hollow of the hill above said. But from nigh to Woolstead they were clear to see, and Ralph had often beheld them, but never so nigh, and that hill was called after them Bear Hill. At the top of it was an earthwork of the ancient folk, which also was called Bear Castle. And now Ralph rode over the hill's brow into it, for the walls had been beaten down in places long and long ago. Now he rode at the wall, and at the topmost of it turned and looked back on the blue country which he had ridden through, stretching many a league below, 
and tried if he could pick out Upmeads from amongst the diverse wealth of the summerland. But Upmeads' water was hidden, and he could see nothing to be sure of to tell him whereabouts the high house stood. Yet he deemed that he could make out the debatable wood, and the hills behind it well enough. Then he turned his horse about, and had the down-country before him. Long lines of hills to wit, one rising behind the other, like the waves of a somewhat quiet sea. No trees thereon, nor houses that he might see thence. Nought but a green road that went waving up and down before him, greener than the main face of the slopes. He looked at it all for a minute or two as the southwest wind went past his ears, and played a strange tune on the innumerable stems of the bents and the hard-stalked blossoms, to which the bees sang counterpoint. Then the heart arose within him, and he drew the sword from the scabbard, and waved it above his head, and shook it toward the south, and cried out, Now, welcome world, and be thou blessed from one end to the other, from the ocean sea to the uttermost mountains. A while he held the white still in his fist, then sheathed the blade, and rode down soberly over the turf bridge, across the ancient foss, and so came on to the green road made many ages before by an ancient people, and so trotted south along fair and softly. Little is to be told of his journey through the downs. As he topped a low hill whereon were seven grave mounds of the ancient folk in a row, he came on a shepherd lying amidst of his sheep. The man sprang to his feet when he heard horse-hoofs anigh him, and saw the glint of steel, and he set his hand to a short spear which lay by him. But when he saw naught but Ralph, and heard how he gave him the seal of the day, he nodded his head in a friendly way, though he said naught in salutation, for the loneliness of the downs made the speech slow within him. Again, some two miles further on, Ralph met a flock of sheep coming down a bent which the road climbed, and with them were three men, their drovers, and they drew nigh him as he was amidst of the sheep, so that he could scarce see the way. Each of these three had a weapon, one a pole-axe, another a long spear, and the third a flail jointed and bound with iron, and an analyte hanging at his girdle. So they stood in the way and held him when the sheep were gone past, and the man with the spear asked him whither away. I am turned toward Hyme on the way, quoth he, and how many miles shall I ride ere I get there? Said one of them, Little less than twenty, lord. Now it was past noon two hours, and the day was hot, so whereas the faces of the men looked kind and friendly, albeit somewhat rugged, he lighted down from his horse, and sat down by the wayside, and drew his bottle of good wine from out his wallet, and asked the men if they were in haste. Nay, master, said he of the pole-axe, while all eyes turned to the bottle. He has gone by too long, and will neither meddle with us, nor may we deal with him. Well then, quoth Ralph, there is time for bever. Have ye aught a cup that we may drink to each other? Ye, said the car with the anlace, that I have. Therewith he drew from his pouch a ram's horn rimmed with silver and held it up, and said as if he were speaking to it, Now, fairly rejoice, for ye shall have lord's wine poured into thy maw. Therewith he held it out toward Ralph, who laughed and filled it up, and filled for himself a little silver cup which he carried, and said, To you, shepherds, much war and little cry, and he drank withal. And I, quoth the man with the horn, call this health, much cry and little wool. Well, well, how you mean by that, greasy what? said the man with the spear, taking up the horn as he spake. This is but a poor wish for a lord that drinketh out of our cup. Said what? Why, neighbour, why, thou wit is none too hasty. The wool that a knight sheareth is war and battle. 
that is wounding and death, but the cry is the talk and boasting and minstrelsy that goeth before all this. Which is the best wish to wish him? The wounds and the death, or the fore rumour and stir thereof which hurteth no man? Ralph laughed thereat, and was merry and blithe with them, but the spearman, who was an old man, said, For all what saith, Lord, and his japes, ye must not misdeem of us that we shepherds of the downs can do nought but run to ales and feasts, and that we are but pot valiant. Maybe thou thyself mayest live to see things go otherwise, and in that day may we have such as thee for captain. Now, fair lord, I drink to thy crown of valour and thy good luck, and we thank thee for the wine, and yet more for the blithe fellowship. So Ralph filled up the ram's horn till Dame Catherine's good island wine was well nigh spent, and at last he said, Now, my masters, I must a horse, but I pray you tell or we depart. What did you mean when you said that he had gone past? Who is he? The merry faces of the men changed at his word, and they looked in each other's faces, till at last the old spearman answered him. Fair lord, these things we have little will to talk about, for we be poor men with no master to fleece us, and no lord to help us. Also we be folk unlearned and unlettered, and from our way of life, whereas we dwell in the wilderness, we seldom come within the doors of a church. But whereas we have drunk with thee, who seemest to be a man of lineage, and thou hast been blithe with us, we will tell thee that we have seen one riding south along the greenway, cut in a coat as green as the way, with the leafless tree done on his breast. So nigh to him we were that we heard his cry as he sped along, as ye may hear the lapwing whining, for he said, Point and edge, point and edge, the red water amidst of the hills. In my lifetime such a man hath, to my knowledge, been seen thrice before, and after each sight of him followed evil days and the death of men. Moreover, this is the eve of St. John, and we deem the token the worst therefore. Or how deemest thou? Ralph stood silent a while, for he was thinking of the big man whom he had met at the churchyard gate, and all this tale seemed wonderful to him. But at last he said, I cannot tell what there is in it. Here and I am no help to you. Today I am but little, though I may one day be great. Yet this may I do for you. Tomorrow will I let sing a mass in St. Mary's Church on your behoof. And hereafter, if I wax as my will is, and I come to be lord in these lands, I will look to it to do what a good lord should do for the shepherds of the downs, so that they may live well and die in good hope. So may the mother of God help me at need. Said the old shepherd, Thou hast sworn an oath, and it is a good oath, and well sworn. Now if thou dost as thou swearest, words can be but little thanks, yet deeds may. Wherefore, if ever thou comest back hither, and art in such need that a throng of men may help thee therein, then let light a great fire upon each corner of the topmost wall of Bear Castle, and call to mind this watchword. Smite aside the axe, O Bear Father, and then thou shalt see what shall betide thee for thy good hap. Farewell now with the saints to aid. Ralph bade them live well and hail, and mounted his horse and rode off down the greenway, and as he rode the shepherds waved their weapons to him in a token of good will. End of chapter 4